Hello, welcome to the fourth episode of the Leadership Outlook podcast. This is a place where we talk about leadership and how to succeed as a leader in a digital working environment. I'm Breno Oliveira with Nadia Harris. Today we'll talk about the transition of office-based companies to world-class distributed teams. Breno, thanks for the intro. I think you have just touched my most favorite topic. Oh, right. Yes, the remote work stuff. You cannot stop talking about it, can you? Well, tell our audience, perhaps, why did you get so much involved in this and why do you like the topic so much? Yes, because I started believing in it a long time ago and that style just seemed a great fit for me before others. You see, that was my choice and I decided to work in a distributed environment, trying to combine different jobs in the very beginning in different places in the world. And what is actually funny and quite silly today is that many people were very surprised about what I was doing. They kept asking me questions. What do you really do? Why don't you have a normal nine to five job? Well, today the world approach has changed dramatically. And I have always been saying that remote is a business model and not just a chaotic situation that we think is beneficial to us without any actual contribution to the overall business strategy. But well, Breno, from your perspective, how does the flexible working schedule help you in your daily routine? What do you personally think about it? To be honest, I see quite some benefits in working digitally the way we do today. I know that is far from the ideal state because most of us are only doing that as a result of a pandemic. But I think it does not really matter how we got here, but what's important is where we go from now. I feel that my team members are more open for making their own hours, but at the same time committing to their short and long-term goals. I'm not saying that I do not expect them to be online at certain hours because sometimes we need to have some, let's say, dependencies that we need to resolve at the very moment, right? But I feel that we are all more flexible. I mean, we are more flexible with a win-win situation, I would say. So working digitally has been working positively for both sides. Yes, and by now it's proven that this will indeed be the future which literally leaves us no choice but to get ready for the transformation. And that's why we need to take several matters into account so that we can build world-class distributed teams and not just a chaotic group of people working without any guidelines, frameworks and goals. So let's start with the major bottlenecks. What seems to be the most challenging bottleneck today when we talk about the transition from office to remote, digital? First, I would mention that managers should not expect that their team members will be online every single minute of the day. As managers, we must remember that even in the office, we do not spend eight hours on our desks and therefore we should not expect it from remote working teams. But of course, we should always use common sense to find a middle ground. As far as I know you, Nadia, you have been working on remote ready assessment audits to get to know the current state of each companies and how to exactly get there and understand the missing points on a remote digital working model, correct? That's true. And according to my framework that I have established and that I have implemented in different companies, there are four pillars that you need to consider. 
Those are company culture and communication as the first one, the toolkit, um, the processes and procedures, as well as the IT and the legal aspect. Um, about company culture though, Breno, culture is something that we learned about quite a lot during our MBA studies, didn't we? Yes, we have indeed. Plus our experience, I would say that we understand quite well what it's about and how it impacts our company overall. So I do believe that the company culture is a key element for the business success and it influences how the employees perceive the working place and ultimately impacts their performance. Tell me, what are the worst company cultures you have seen so far? Fake ones. I mean, superficial ones. It sometimes happens in companies, actually, this is rare, but you can find it, that the management sits down themselves, skipping all people, all teams in the company, and just on their own, write down values and rules for company culture, expecting everyone to implement it later. This never works, because culture is something natural, that is alive, and all people, teams, contribute to it. You cannot sit down and write about aspirational ideas, forcing your people to live by them and act this way without understanding your current stage and the actual true company culture. Of course, aspirational values are always appreciated when it comes to development, but forcing people to live by some stuff written on paper is not the way to go. Let's talk about the tools, though, which are crucial when we are going through the transition period and afterwards as well. Let's not discuss all tools available on the market, just mention some. But tell me, Breno, from your perspective, how is it when it comes to the implementation of tools? Which ones should we use? How to prepare ourselves and also our team? The tools are extremely important. During the transition process to a digital work environment, we should look at the tools as ways of delivering what you want to implement as a remote team. Usually tools such as VDI, Virtual Desktop Instances, Microsoft 365, Zoom, Miro, Slack and Notion are used to close the gap between offices and homes. As any implementation project, we need to be careful here. The implementation should be very smooth and should not impact the day-to-day -day work of the team members. It should rather make it faster and more coherent. But don't forget that any transition will require a learning curve. So people should be ready and trained when the time comes. As you just said, basically introducing new projects or new models is always an element of change. So the truth is that we should approach the transition with change management, right? Remote work or a hybrid environment is not something that just happens on its own. Once you have the intent to implement it in your company, it should be executed as a clear, transparent process to meet certain long and short-term goals. For instance, during the pandemic, many companies approached the, uh, this as a crisis to be managed and now it has to be transformed into a real change via change management channels to become a more scalable solution. As it is new, as a potential outcome, there are many factors to consider. This is a change 
itself and that's why it should be approached strategically. Meaning, we need to make sure we know where we are and leverage the other companies that already implemented remote work to know where we are going to get. Of course, we don't need to become a remote first company, but the approach and the business model should be a win-win situation for both the employees and the company itself. Right, so change management. How and why should we involve our teams? And what about communication? Communication is the most crucial part. We need to be absolutely sure that our team understands which direction we are going and why, and who has which functions during the transition itself. Also, the communication should be well-designed and transparent so that we can inspect and adapt to meet the business values. Nadia, the next element that you should consider within the implementation is the assessment of the current processes and procedures. Are we even operationally ready for a full or a partial transition? What's your experience on that? True. And I see that in the beginning of COVID, we got completely lost as the circumstances changed drastically and we didn't know what needed to be done and who was responsible for what and how. To give you an example, how to sign contracts remotely. Is this even legal? Or should we send documents back and forth? What about the whole recruitment process? Does our software work properly? Does everyone know how to conduct online or video meetings effectively? You see, all this was missed and caused a lot of confusion and funny memes online. Moreover, it affected efficiency. Actually, nothing was measurable, so it was very hard to draw conclusions about whether this model was even effective in certain companies or not. Breno, but one thing is missing in our discussion, and this is IT security. I see quite a lot that many corporations have really strict guidelines, which limits them uh, within the approach to become a digital environment with distributed teams. And also, on the other hand, some smaller companies totally forget about it. How should we prepare ourselves when it comes to IT security? Being very frank here, I'm not a specialist on IT sec per se, but what I note across the organizations I have been part of is that they base their IT security policies and concepts on the uh, three pillars of confidentiality, integrity and availability meaning that you know how critical the data is, you know what the data contains, and your organization keeps it clean so you know that you are ready to use it and how to use it, right? Perhaps you could maybe invite an ITSEC specialist here to our podcast and deep dive more on the subject. Do you remember Lucian from our MBA classes, Nadia? He's a good friend of mine, to be honest. Maybe you could invite him over. He would be a great asset to our podcast. Yes, how could I forget him? Come on, he's my friend too. <laughs> I think it's an amazing idea and we should definitely invite him over. All right, Nadia, so it's said then. But look, if you take all of it into consideration, how do we make sure that you don't get lost? We talked about so many elements and also so much information, so many things to think about. Indeed, that's why you need a framework and you have to prioritize and basically 
assess your remote readiness from every possible aspect. There is no one-size-fits-all here. That's how you can build a bridge from where you are versus where you want to be and why. The most crucial thing is our particular business case. Why do we want to work in a digital environment? Where are we going? What are we willing to achieve? That's how we can assess what we already have versus our short-term and long-term goals, prioritize, then implement and measure. Absolutely. A good approach for a kickoff is a simple SWOT analysis of the current office situation. This will reflect how we can benefit the most from the transition. That's how you can create awareness for yourself about the possible obstacles, assess what you have to lose, and what you can win by implementing a remote work model. Yes, it's really important what you just said, and I totally want to stress that. Remote work doesn't mean work from home, or the so-called home office work. It's not about being just a digital nomad either. Remote work or distributed work is a broad term which we can adapt, scale and foster in our companies, use it as a custom-made solution for our business needs. And yes, a SWOT analysis sounds like a good beginning to find out what we are even up to. But I think it's an amazing idea for another Leadership Outlook podcast topic, isn't it? Yes, we could very well break down a SWOT analysis for this every single element of the analysis itself and show what techniques and frameworks you can use to make a great SWOT analysis. And to our dear listeners, make sure to let us know how you like our podcast and if there are any certain topics that you'd like us to discuss here. Stay tuned for more very, very soon. Bye!